Welcome to episode 11 of the Lucas Granger Leadership Podcast. I'm Alan Stanley, and I'm here with Pastor Lucas Granger. Wow, episode 11, man, time is just flying. That's right, almost a year under our belt. Nice, nice. So what are we going to be talking about today on the Leadership Podcast? Today, we're going to be talking about leadership development. Nice, nice. I love talking leadership development. Passion of mine. I've talked to a lot of different leaders, a lot of different church leaders and business leaders in the community, and really great topic. Um, you know, at the great at the heart of every great organization is the ability to reproduce yourself. But we would actually take it even further to say, like, not only reproduce yourself, but replace yourself. Ooh. Yeah, you've got to build an uh, organization that is built around systems and structures that aren't all dependent upon you. Uh, I know we would like to think as the leader sometime that like we are special, <laughs> but the truth is we have got to be able to replace ourselves and equip the next generation, equip other people around us to go further than we ever could, uh, to do it better than we ever could. Uh, Jesus actually says this. Listen, he's gathered this team around him, and he's told them, these things you're going to do, and even greater. Um, And so that's just, it's just a lesson for us as leaders to know that, hey, whatever we're doing, let's give it our best. Let's help develop others to go further, uh, to pour into our team, to do exactly what he did, and replace ourselves. Yeah, so, you know, this sounds pretty counterintuitive to what society says, how we're supposed to do it. You know, aren't we supposed to be the guru of our job and have all the technical skills and, you know, because we want to be needed at that job. Why would we want to raise someone else up? Yeah, it really is a redefinition of success. You know, if success is just you being able to do a great job, well, hands down, you could do that and that's it. Um, But really what we're saying success is, is not not that just we would be able to do a great job, that we would have a great organization, company, um, church, but that we would be able to pour into others to teach them and that they would succeed. And so our success is that they would be successful. And so it is. It's a complete flip on what the world says to, hey, have job security only you can know what only you know, and only you can do what only you can do, and stick to those things. Don't teach anybody else, because what if they do it better than you, then they're going to replace you, and you're going to be out of a job. And we're saying, good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, that reminds me of uh, an Andy Stanley quote. He actually said that, you know, truly healthy organizations always have a place for leaders who replace themselves. That's right. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Say that one more time. Yeah. So truly healthy organizations always have a place for leaders who replace themselves. Yeah. And that's leadership right there. The ability to replace yourself uh, with others. Because if, if you're not careful, you could kind of become this hoarder in which all you do is take all the knowledge, all of the wisdom, you keep it to yourself. And just like hoarding anything, it's only a matter of time before uh, you stink up the room. Um, there's this old quote, uh, maybe you've heard the saying before. It's not maybe more of a saying than a quote, but, uh, how do you eat an elephant? Yeah. Yeah. One, one bite at a time. One bite at a time. That's what we're talking. How do you eat? But that's just crazy (laughs) because you can't eat an elephant one bite at a time. It's just not possible. The meat would be ruined by the time you got to the end of it. Like you would make other people sick and yourself sick. Right. And so what I, what we say is instead of 
how do you eat an elephant one by a time? We say, this is how you eat an elephant. You invite your friends. Yeah. <laughs> you throw a party. You get other people around you. Uh, you, you do it together. It, it, it's so much better to do it together, to do it with a group of people. Um, and, it, and to be honest with you, it's a whole lot more fun as well. Um, the whole idea of just the hero CEO, the hero pastor, it's just really not true. Um, we think of some of these, you know, Apple, you know, great company. Um, you think Steve Jobs. But the truth is, Steve Jobs surrounded himself with a whole team of people that made Apple what it was, what it is. And, uh, you know, Steve Wozniak, that took the company, could do all the things that Steve couldn't. And so it takes a team. Um, it takes being able to know what you can do and what you can't do, and then being comfortable enough with yourself to give it away. Yeah. So, all right, so I get the importance of having to replace ourselves, but how do we actually go about doing it? How do we reproduce leaders? Yeah, great question. And this is where we get to the nuts and bolts of it. Now, if you were to go out and talk to different leaders on how they're doing it, how are they developing leaders, you are going to get thousands of different answers on how they are doing it and what they feel is the most successful, whatever. And so we've taken uh, some of our research, some of what we've gotten through talking to other people, and narrowed it down to the top three. This is by no means exhaustive, but we kind of see this pattern played out in, in, in most situations. And the first one is this, sink or swim. That is, and what we mean by that is this, you've been hired by a company, you've been hired to do a job, and they basically push you out into the deep end. <laughs> Here, you are hired. Our leadership development is you're going to learn as you do it. Good luck. Here's the vacuum. Go door to door and try and sell this vacuum. <laughs> Actually, yeah. we hope you're successful. Sink or swim, baby. <laughs> that reminds me of a story my dad told me about how he learned how to swim, like literally how to swim. He, he said that he was out there with his father on his boat and that his father threw him out. <laughs> he threw him out of the boat and he didn't know how to swim. Threw him out. Yeah, and it was literally sink you sink or, or swim. swim. Yeah. <laughs> and it was one or the other. Pretty Either dramatic. he learned how to swim or your grandpa was jumping in after him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, it's true, though. It, it is. And whether we kind of want to admit it or not, a lot of us take this approach when it comes to leadership development mm. of just throwing people out of the boat, uh, giving them the job, saying, hey, here's, here's what you're required to do. Go and learn how to do it. And this isn't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, this actually can be very good in the right context. Um, I'm actually reminded of one time I was over in Indonesia, and I was probably only maybe 22 years old at the time. And I'm in this room surrounded with an entire group of people. There's probably 30 people in the room. And we had just gotten word that we are going to go into this prison and at the prison we were going to get to do different things but someone had to speak someone had to be the preacher right <laughs> and the leader said all right who's going to do it and i kid you not at this moment every single person in the room just turned and looked at me <laughs> and i'm thinking to myself what <laughs> you know how did this happen i mean i didn't have the experience i wasn't i wasn't doing what we do now on a weekly basis right and so 
I literally had about 30 minutes to get something together on the car ride over, and it was a sink or swim moment. It was a, <laughs> you're going to get up there, you're going to speak to hundreds of prisoners, <laughs> right? And, uh, you know, in that moment, it better be good. <laughs> you, you, you don't want to preach a bad sermon in prison, you know? <laughs> and, but it was. It was a sink or swim moment, and it was good for me. It was, it was a really good good moment and learning experience of, wow, okay, here's the chance for me to rise to the occasion and, uh, and just do this thing. And it was great. So this is a, that's a pretty easy one to understand. Number one is sink and swim. So what, what's, what's the next one? Yeah, so this, the second thing would be what I would call side-by-side. Side. So there's sink or swim, and then there's side-by-side. Side. What we mean by that is this. Side-by-side side is when there's a mentor, a coach, uh, someone in your life, a teacher that is literally coming up next to you and teaching you how to do the job. They're giving you the skills necessary. They're teaching you the, the technical expertise, whatever it is that you need to know to help you be successful. They're right. They're walking hand in hand with you. This is the Mr. Miyagi effect. You know, <laughs> this is <laughs> yeah. Daniel wants to learn how to do some karate and Mr. Miyagi is going to walk beside him and teach him how to kick and punch and all of these things. Um, it, it really is. It's exactly how it sounds. Someone coming up beside you. Yeah. that reminds me of, I guess that's just exactly what happened to me when I went to the Navy, you know, I went in I went to boot camp. Went through all these different classroom type settings, learning all these different ways. But then, whenever I finally got to my command, I didn't know anything how to do how to do anything, how to do my job or anything. I just had all this head knowledge, this classroom knowledge. But they paired me up with what they call a sea daddy. Sea daddy. A sea daddy. Yeah. Uh, a C or or no. S E A. S E A. S E A. You know, it's C-daddy. the navy. It's the navy, okay. so we got to keep a sea daddy. So yeah, they paired me up with a sea daddy, and this was a guy who was very experienced in the job. Had been doing it for many years. He was he was an instructor. Uh, he taught other people how to do it, and basically, I just walked side by side with him. We did. Uh, life together basically he taught me how to do everything i've shadowed him on different things and we took turns and he would let me do stuff and you know he would coach me along the way and teach me how to do it yeah and and i would imagine that each different person had different sea daddies oh yeah yeah Yeah. and each one of these instructors would teach in a different manner a different style yeah some better than others yeah exactly (laughs) yeah Some of them, I'll automatically, it would be, they'd have their just watch and learn. Let me do it, and then then you can do it. Or it could be the complete opposite of you do it, and I will watch. Or trial by fire of just like, hey, you're just going to do this. Uh, or we're going to slowly, gradually give you more and more responsibilities. And so these teachers were teaching these skills side by t- side. And, and so, like, this actually opens up a whole new model of what does side by seed, what does mentoring look like, what right. does teaching look like. And what we have found when it comes to uh, churches, organizational leaders that use a lot of this side-by-side method is that teacher often teaches in the method in which they've been taught. Yeah, exactly. And yep. so, so someone else has taught them in a certain manner, a certain style, and so that's kind of ingrained in them on how to teach others. But the truth is not everybody reacts the same way to different types of personality types, different styles of teaching. And so side-by-side can work really well, but when you have two conflicting personalities, sometimes it can be a train wreck. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure that you saw that time and time again in the Navy, but then there's probably the success of it, too, of 
mixing up different personality styles and seeing other people blossom where you didn't think possible. Yeah, absolutely. I saw saw some guys that who, they just couldn't do it. They couldn't handle the person that they were with and yeah. the method in which they were using to teach them, and they were not flourishing at all. And you know, they would get kicked out of the program or have to be replaced with a different find a different person to go side by side with. It just so happened for me, it worked out really well. Yeah. You had a good <laughs> and, uh, instructor. Had that a good fit instructor. You. Yeah, and w- one thing I learned about it was, you know, yeah, I did, and I did. I learned how they did it, exactly how you said. You know, I, they're teaching me the way they did it, and I learned that way. But then as I progressed, I s- would do it their way, and as I got better and got more knowledgeable, I would start tweaking. Yeah. And it would kind of become yeah. my way, you know. Yeah, you made it your own. Yeah. yeah that's wonderful. That's good. I, I remember actually kind of a, a little bit of a, a success one with that one is roommates with a buddy that he was a big runner, and if you know me, I'm not running for anything. I mean, it's I just do not run. I, I don't do the treadmill, none of that. Um, put me in the pool, and I'm good to go all day long, but I ain't running. Anyway, he wanted to go for a run. He had been asking me to go with him, and finally he got me out there. And so we're running side by side. He's giving me a few little tips, uh, helping me uh, with my breathing techniques, just different things with running. And I'm actually enjoying it. And somewhere, maybe maybe around mile two, I was just done. I was like, man, <laughs> all right, it's time to go home. Forget about it. But what was amazing is I was able to keep going further because I was running side by side with him. Yeah. Um, he, he was able to push me. He was able to encourage me. He was able to give me the strength that I would not have had w- if he would not have been there. If somebody would have just said, hey, Lucas, go run, I guarantee you I would not made it made it half the distance I would have. But having him right next to me, it, it gave me the push. It gave me the uh, the encouragement that I needed. It gave me the, the, the knowledge, everything I needed to go further than I ever thought possible. That's awesome. All right, so we got first two methods down. We got sink or swim. We got the side-by-side. What's, what's the last method? Yeah, so the third method is the classroom model, and that is exactly how it sounds. It is you went to college, you went to the eight-week course, you took the online class, and you graduated. You did it. Um, You have learned the skills necessary. You have been developed in the job that you need to do. Um, This primarily happens inside a classroom. It is uh, where you are learning different skills and and things needed. You are not in the field, though. You are in a room. You are on a computer. You are learning these things. Staring at a textbook. Staring at a textbook, yeah. Uh, Staring at a chalkboard, staring at a whiteboard. Mm -hmm. And there's often a very definite beginning and end to the classroom. So there's a moment in which, you know, you've gone off to college. Four years later, you graduate. X amount of years later, you've got your associate's degree, bachelor's degree, master's degree. And the thing is with this is you can go through all of the education and never actually do the job. (laughs) It's kind of scary. (laughs) You can actually have a master's in something and never actually have done it, (laughs) which is, which is just kind of crazy. And I, I know that this to be true, even with my story, I, I went to school, I went to college, uh, graduated from college, got the degree, and 
first day on the job as a pastor thinking to myself, I really don't know anything. <laughs> like, all of this stuff that I learned in the classroom, yeah, this was great, but man, there were so many things that I had to learn hands-on. I had to, I had to get out of the classroom and, and learn it. All right, so we got sink or swim. We got side-by-side. Side, we got the classroom method. So which, which, which way is best? Yeah, and I think that's the tendency to think that, man, there is a preferred method to say, hey, let's just do one or the other. But the truth is, just like we were saying a minute ago, people learn in different ways. And so I don't think there is one best way. I think that maybe there's a fourth way. <laughs> Obviously, there's tons of ways, but yeah. for our context today on the Leadership Podcast... I would say the best way is a combination of all three of these things. Right. Um, we see this played out. Probably the best illustration would be in driver's ed. You remember driver's ed <laughs> yep. back in the day? What'd they do? They took a combination of all three. Yep. First, they put the child in a classroom. And then they put him in a car with an instructor. That instructor still had the ability to press the gas, press the brake. <laughs> right. you know? yep. And then there was that moment where they've gone through the classroom. They've gone with the instructor. And then it's, it's it's sink or swim moment. They are driving by themselves. Mom is standing in the driveway with tears. That's my baby. Got their <laughs> license going. And so it's like a combination of everything that they could do to help install them and teach them how to develop them on how to drive a car. And if you look at it, it's actually a progress of safety. I'm about to say, you it know? sounds like they're mitigating risk yeah, here, too. they are. They're <laughs> mitigating risk. There's, there's not a whole lot of risk of things going wrong inside the classroom. Right. <laughs> it gets riskier when we put them behind the wheel, but not as risky because there's an instructor right beside them and they can slam on the brake at any moment. It's super risky when they're all by themselves. And on the car keys. And so, yes, there's a mitigation of risk that happens. There's a certain safety factor that goes along with it. But each, each stage provides its own level of security and education. But at some point, they've got to just drive the car. Here is where it gets tricky. We can get stuck at any one of these levels. We could get stuck inside the classroom because, remember, the classroom is safe. And so, especially in church world, we are probably the worst for this, where things are, we're wanting to develop leaders, we're wanting to make disciples. And so, our progress for leadership development, our progress for making disciples, easily can get stuck inside the classroom where we're doing. Bible study after Bible study, class after class of how to do evangelism. And at some point, you've just got to get out there and do it. Right. <laughs> you've got to get out there and share your faith. You've got to get out there. You've got to come along someone and do it side by side with them. And so we want to be careful that we just don't get stuck. We also don't want to leave people, you know, just treading water uh, on their own. And this happens too. Hey, you've given your life to Christ and now you're saved. Good luck being a disciple. Right. Sink or swim. Here's the Bible. Figure it out. No, we wonder why so many people might feel like they're failures. Man, I, I gave my life to Christ, and now I just feel like I'm, I'm just drowning over here. Somebody's pushed me into the deep end, and I need someone to walk side by side. So what I'm saying is it's a combination of all three of these things. Let's, 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 let's do a little bit of the sink or swim. Let's push people out there. Let's get them past their comfort zones. Let's, let's go hand in hand with others. Let's, let's teach them. Uh, Jesus did this with his disciples all of the time. There was, there was classroom moments. 
There was sermons on the mountains. There was teachings inside the synagogue. There was side by side where the the disciples came up. Jesus was literally walking with these guys and teaching them things. And and then there was those moments where Jesus just said, all right, go. We're going to send you out two by two. Go and do these things. And they did it. There was a combination. And here's the thing. The order is flexible. There's different things for different personalities, trying to do them inside of a, a set standard of trying to create safety doesn't always work. There's sometimes where you've got to run before you crawl. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There, there are those moments. And um, I think it really depends on the person being able to look and find and see where people's strengths are at, where people's weaknesses are at, and then give them those opportunities to grow inside their strengths. A great illustration of this is with my, my, my children, uh, Kobe and Reese, you know, teaching them to tie their shoes. Kobe is a side-by-side person. If I was to just sit down with her and we're going to tie our shoes together and I'm going to go over every step and she's going to get comfortable where she feel like she can do it on her own. Now, my youngest child, Reese, she is a sinker swimmer. I have got to sit beside her and she's got to be able to play with the shoe for herself by an hour. She's got to, <laughs> she's got to know, Dad, let me do this. I could tie my own shoe. I don't need your help. Right. And then when she's kind of gotten to the point where she's a little bit frustrated, then I could come up beside her and say, okay, baby, let me help you with this. And so it's a different system for each child. Reese has to go through the process a little bit different than Kobe. Kobe has to go through it. But, but the end result is the same, right? They're yeah. going to learn how to tie their shoe. Right. And this is what we want. If we're not careful, we're helping develop leaders. We're training up people. We're getting frustrated at them. But the truth is, it might not be their fault. It might be more on us as leaders to recognize, how does this person learn? Mm-hmm. Uh, are, are they better? Do they feel better inside the classroom? So basically, you know... We, we got to look at who we're trying to lead and the ways that they learn best. And the way that we were taught may not be the best way to go about trying to lead these people and develop them into leadership. You know, some are, like you said, we're going to have to push out there and let them do it on their own and make their own mistakes and then come back. And then maybe then we have some classroom time and we say, let's talk about what you did. (laughs) And then, okay, well, next time I'm going to come side by side. Let me work with you this time. And you're able to (laughs) see people's strengths. You're able to see... This person really excels when we do this side by side. Or this person really excels when I just give them the leeway to do it on their own. Uh, So you see their strengths, you see their weaknesses, you're able to work with them. And so kind of in summation, we've got to ask ourselves, one, are we as leaders creating systems and structures that revolve around our own style and our own ways? Are we trying to hoard all the knowledge to ourselves or are we really trying to replace ourselves? Are we wanting to reproduce the best leaders possible? And then two, are we secure in giving away what we know? Mm -hmm. Can we give it away freely? Can we really say that we are going to do those words that Jesus told us, like, these are the things that you're going to do, and even greater. We, I want you to do this job. I want to develop you to go further, faster than I ever thought possible. I really do want to replace myself and for you to do really great things. I know that that's my heart. That's your heart. That's our heartbeat as a church, that we want to give away our best. 
All right, so the challenge is, Pastor Lucas, are we going to be leaders that are secure enough to replace ourselves? Our job is to pour out everything we've got and give it to the next generation and then look and see what they're doing, figure out how they learn best, pour into them as, pour into them as much as we possibly can, and then set them out to do the job so they can go beyond where we ever And that's the job. Dream. That's the leadership development. That's exactly what we want to do. Well, to all you listeners out there, we hope you enjoyed this leadership podcast today. And Pastor Lucas, thank you so much for your time. We will see you guys again next month right here. See you guys. Hey, so that's this month's episode of the Lucas Granger Leadership Podcast. If you like what you just heard, please take a moment to subscribe, to rate, and review this podcast on iTunes. Listen, by doing this, you're going to help us reach and equip more and more leaders just like you. Now, don't forget to join us next month for another great episode. We'll be right here. We will see you then. Grace and peace.